Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everyday life. And today we are building off of last week's episode where we talked about church planting and the idol of immediacy. And today we're just kind of going to address some things that we felt like we didn't quite cover and then talk a little bit about what a healthy church looks like and what a healthy church plant looks like. You will also notice we're recording in Rick's garage and Rick's neighbor, awesome guy, decided to mow the lawn and do a little leaf blowing. So you will hear him throughout the episode. So we apologize for that. But hey, you know what? It's like you're there. We hope you enjoy the conversation. Everybody, Rick, Rob, do you mind? I do. Um, tell them the birds be a little bit, a little bit quieter. Shh, hey there, be quiet. Yeah, just tell them to keep it down a little bit. They live here. This is their home. So they live in your garage. Uh, I think there's actually some up in that corner over there. Yeah. Are they paying rent? No, they're not. All right, time to get the BB gun out. <laughs> My little red rider out here. Just kidding, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> they're um, squatters. So. Yeah, dude. <sighs> I might get in trouble for this, but when I was when I was a kid, got my first BB gun. <laughs> yeah, I uh, broke Open. several windows in the so, house or in the bar, like a barn. In the house, um, really, dude, this is so bad. Um, I I would like shoot cans and whatnot, and then I kind of got bored of that, and I wanted to see how far away I could shoot things. Yeah, yeah. And so I'd pump it up like you're Always, only supposed to pump. pump yeah, okay. you're only supposed to pump it up like twice right. before you shoot. I pump it up like six times yes. to try and get further distance. And I thought, oh, I'm way out of range, but I'll go for it. And I shot our our glass sliding door. Um, uh, I think you might have said this before. I mean. And dude, it I'm, it shattered. Yeah. It shattered. I thought I was going to die. Were you? So you're outside. That's yeah. Super loud. So what, tell your neighbor to keep it down? <laughs> keep it down, man. He just finished on the zero turn. And I figured, yeah. oh, now it's safe to safe to go. And what, what is this? A, a leaf blower that he pulls out? It sounds... It sounds like a leaf blower. Or a mm. weed eater. It has a constant leaf blower mm-hmm. sound. Leaf eater? Is that what you said? Leaf, did I? <laughs> it sounded like it. He Maybe eats. not. Leaf blower. Leaf blower? Yeah. Anyway. I was just mowing my lawn today. Hey, Pulled good job. Blower. How'd it go? Uh, all right. Good. Yeah. yeah. But no, dude, it broke, shattered a glass door. Dude, so. Fantastic. Did, what happened? Uh, my dad, like, threatened my life, and. Did you lose your BB, your BB gun? Surprisingly, no. I mean, I lost it for a while. <laughs> okay. Um, but forget. I eventually got it back. Did you break any more windows after that? Um, in other ways. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I've broken but windows. But not, not from the BB gun. With the baseball, with the golf mm. ball. Yeah. Broke a couple. I broke one glass door with the BB gun, shattered it. Mm-hmm. And then another window that I shot the same day, uh, before I realized the glass door was shattered, I then like, aimed higher and went for another window and chipped that one. Mm. Yeah. So you're out in the yard shooting into the glass. Yeah. What age were you? Like, oh, it's just like a. It was like 11 or 12. This so not, old enough to like. To old know. enough to know yeah. that this could go poorly. Yeah. But young but, enough to not care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Young enough to think, oh, it won't happen. It won't happen. There you go. Yeah, that was a bad experience. Well, good, man. Um, I don't know what got us. Oh, the BB guns, the birds. The birds. Yeah. And so what I was originally going to say. Yes. That was going to get me in trouble. Yeah. You I, sh- I did kill a bird with a BB gun. Dude, and dude, it 
wrecked you. I felt so bad. I felt so terrible. And, I really did. And <laughs> it, it's amazing how like you can just have a, a such a quick turn of emotion. Yeah. My brother, same thing. We were all like, like pumped because like he's gonna kill like, yeah, shit this bro. I mean we're tiny kids, and then once he killed it, we're all like, oh no. Oh. He got like a shoebox, like buried it. Yeah. But hey, that's the way it goes. I, I, won't, I won't be shooting these birds. Um, Good for you, man. Tip to be cap. honest, I don't even know where they're at. Like, well, I know you're just being there. hospitable. That's what you're doing. I'm trying to. Christ was hospitable. I want to be like Christ. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's a, it's a big part of what we do um, as a church plant. We're mm. hospitable. That's right. We try to have people in our home. We try to encourage our people to be hospitable. That's good. Mm-hmm. You know, if it, if it were up to me, I would, I would call that a successful church plant. Well, I wouldn't, but... <laughs> I'm glad but, you said that because <laughs> that would not constitute a successful church plan. But I think plan. we have some thoughts about what would. We do. Yes. Good thing that uh, you made that transition. Man. I went a little too far. That's all right. That's all right. I mean, I, I, I took it we, a little too far. We, well, when you shot the window, yeah. Rob, we knew. Got to rail it back. <laughs> Whoa. All right, Rob. Only two pumps. Two pumps, right? <laughs> not 12, huh? Two yeah. pumps. Anyway. So we, last week we talked about um, church planting and the idol of immediacy, which mm-hmm. we totally feel. Yes. And um, just realized afterwards, you know what? We, we kind of talked about some of the dangers of going too fast. And we'll even cover a couple more here. Mm-hmm. But we, didn't, we weren't real clear on what a successful church plant actually looks like. Yeah. So we, we talked about, hey, don't do this. Right. But we didn't give a good, clear target to shoot for. What, what are we looking at? Yeah. Yeah. No, and that's... that's um, extremely important. That's yeah. more important. I mean, because we can talk about the shortcomings and the things, and that's any church anywhere is going to have those things. Uh, but not every church has health, and yeah. not every church knows what they're aiming for when they talk about health either. Yeah. So, okay, real quick. We, in addition to the things that we talked about mm-hmm. last time. Yes. Uh, so if you guys want to hear that, it's the last episode. Check that out. What would be some additional things or if you just even want to recap some mm-hmm. mistakes from going too mm-hmm. fast. So there's this idol of immediacy as a church planter. I mean, you, you take funding into consideration, yeah. how long organizations are willing to fund you. Right. You take people's impatience. You take just the, the Western idea of mm-hmm. how quickly success should happen. So what would be some dangers that you would say, and this is building off last episode, um, from embracing the idea that this needs to happen quickly? Yeah, so I don't remember 100% what I said last week. So listeners Full disclosure, can, neither do I. Can come back. And so hopefully there's overlap. There might be some things I missed that I said last week, or I'll, I'll say in addition to what I said last week. Um, one of the big things when you rush a church plant is that you are ultimately not, tr- ultimately not trusting in the Lord's timing. Mm-hmm. That yeah. he, this is his bride, this is his church, and he's going to plant it, and you're going to help work the soil with him um so you're not trusting him for those things two you're you're forcing people into like a a production mode right so typically people are thinking sunday gathering they're thinking church service a space to meet an order of service worship all those things and when you begin to force that together um you're you're taking things that are not naturally coming together and you're forcing them into something that ultimately will either burn people out because they're tired of just like chasing this thing or just driving for this goal or you'll find people who are not they don't desire to really establish roots they are just about a sunday gathering and just about an event um so those are both ends of the spectrum on that um 
Yeah, I think another another problem with with just rushing the, a church plant is maturity is slow. Um, you know, our own walks with the Lord it, they're slow, and so when you're taking people and you're seeking to help them mature and, and to grow into a, a church, um, it's just a slow work. And if it is supposed to be a church where there's you know, there's covenant membership, right? So people are accountable to each other. There is potentially church discipline. You know, for those who are not walking in accordance with Scripture, um, they're rebellious towards Scripture, yet calling themselves Christians. If there's um, supposed to be discipleship happening, these are highly relational things. Yeah. And you don't just turn on high rela- highly relational things. They take time to grow. Yeah, no, that's... Uh... And for a more conclusive list, listen to the last yeah. episode. I, I don't think, so there was something that he said in that previous in that article that we referenced, what was it Mark Ramsey? Um, Adam. Adam Ramsey. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he was saying that one of the big dangers is not moving at the pace that the Holy Spirit is moving and trying to move maybe yeah. at, a, at a quicker pace. Mm-hmm. And he pointed out that Jesus was never in a hurry. Yeah, he was trusting was in the not. Father's timing. Um, and, so, and so neither should we. So, but, but with that said, there are a couple things that just come to mind that and I wrote down here. I don't know if we mm-hmm. said them in the last episode. Maybe we it's did. All right. Double dip it. Yeah. Um, but just if, if if you if the end goal is quick success, mm-hmm. then a couple things could end up being the case, and you could you could end up one focusing on the wrong things. Right. So okay, how do we make this a place where people want to be? How do we make this a place where uh, we can get more people in here? How do we yeah. make this a place? And, and you right, right. begin to take what are what are fine things. I mean, hospitality is a good. Mm-hmm wonderful thing to have yes. as a church, yeah. which we were just mentioning at the beginning of this. Yeah. However, um, it's not the main thing. Mm-hmm. And so, and we'll get into that here in a little bit, um, but you could end up focusing on the wrong things and, right. and they may even pretty, be good things. Pretty easily. Yeah. Per, and I already feel that. Yeah. Like we're getting ready to meet for just the second time because COVID mm-hmm. we met and then COVID we had three months of Zoom stuff, which is, I'm just thrilled that that's right. coming to a close. But now we're getting ready to meet the second time, and I'm already thinking, like, okay, like, how can we make this? Da, 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 how can we do mm-hmm. this? I just already feel that yeah. this early in. But the second thing, so first one, focusing on, on the wrong things. Again, not necessarily mm-hmm. bad things, but they're not the primary things. Mm-hmm. And the second second one is just rushing to put people into leadership. So mm-hmm. in our plant, yeah, I, I so badly want there to be, um, I want it to be a congregational church, uh, congregational rule, elder-led, and I get that terminology from the book Sojourners and Strangers by Greg Allison, great book on basically just church theology. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend it. But um, that method puts a high role on having churches with qualified men as mm-hmm. elders yeah. and the congregation approving those individuals mm-hmm. and giving them the authority to lead. And and I always thought day one, like, we're, we're going to have elders. Mm-hmm. And some guys just recommended, hey, slow down. Yeah. Because just you can have guys in leadership. That's fine. But just be slow to use the word elder because it's a lot easier to to um, make someone an elder than it is to remove someone as an elder. Right. And if you put someone there who you may think should be there early, mm-hmm. And then something happens and it just shows that maybe they shouldn't be, then people are going to wonder why you place that person there to begin with. Right. And they're also, it's just also going to cause some problems. And so they're like the people who are giving me this counsel, 
they're totally for elders. Right. Like they're not right. like, oh, don't don't use the word elder because <laughs> yeah. that gets people yeah. like high church and people don't like that. Use a different, you know what I mean? Right. It wasn't that. It was just just be slow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's not that you're being unfaithful or anything like that. And so I wanted like day one and um, like I still feel like, mm-hmm. hey, I, I want to get certain people into leadership. Right. For good Which reasons. Good. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to carry the burden on, on my own. I am not that guy. Um, but just if, if you, if your primary thing is to be up and running as fast as possible, right. Then you could end up putting someone there that, that really shouldn't be there. Well, it's, it's akin to, you know, almost any kind of other thing like a restaurant or, you know, to open a restaurant takes a lot of time and planning and training, right? So the idea there is there's a couple people who know what they're doing yeah. and they're training the rest of the people how this is going to function. But man, when, when you rush it and you're just like, okay, we got to get this thing open, you know, in a month or whatever, like it's not good quality. It's not a good time. Like people don't come back. Like it's just usually pretty bad. And this isn't a restaurant. This is the church. Yeah. And so I think for, for a lot of people, um, whether they're in church leadership or they're, they're just serving in a church, like it's good to think about, man, what, what are healthy marks? Like, what are? How do we know if our church is healthy? How do we know if we're, if our church is even aiming to be healthy? Are we heading in that direction? Yeah. Um, and there's there's so many things that people can list out. Like, you know, we were talking before, like, okay, if we if we are talking about success as a church, what are like some basic things that a church plant has to be doing um, to be successful? This isn't an exhaustive list, but we kind of narrowed it down to. At least these things have to be happening. And we said there has to be some, just the clear proclamation of the gospel. Yeah. And that doesn't even have to be on a Sunday morning right away, right? You can still be gathering, and but, but there has to be some clear gospel um, teaching going on that, that's centered on that. Yeah. If not, then, then you're centered around something else. Right. And in and which case, false. just be a social club or a book club or something. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So centered, and, and I would add, as be as clear, succinct, and articulate on what the gospel is yeah. as well. That way your church knows. So when you say, hey, we are, we're centering our, our teaching, we're centered on the gospel, there's not 1,500 different definitions or, or even 15 different definitions. I mean, maybe 15, but it has to center on just the basics of the gospel, and that is you know, God's holy, man is not, Christ has died for us, and, and we respond to that. You know, there's, there's glory because of that for us. Yeah, and that's the whole... God, man, Christ response yes. paradigm you find yeah. in, in the book, What is the Gospel by Greg Gilbert. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend that book. So so just help make sure people understand when you say we're, we're gospel-centered, our teaching, everything, it centers around that. So there has to be some gospel-centered teaching um, going on. There has to be discipleship. Um, there has to be this idea that we're, I mean, that's the call. That's the call of the church, mm-hmm. make disciples. Yeah. So number um, one, gospel-centered teaching. Yes. Number two, discipleship. Discipleship. There has to be some discipleship, yep. um, and then there has to be some. The, this is where it gets a little bit tricky. Like once you're, you are gathering, there's regular, I'd say, corporate Sunday gatherings, or maybe it's not Sunday, but corporate gatherings. Yeah. There has to be the, the right um, handling of the ordinance, the right, yeah. um, what's the word, administration mm-hmm. of the church ordinances, being baptism and communion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was. It was Luther or Calvin or both. I think they both said it in a different way, but um, said that a church is a true church 
so long as it preaches the gospel and does the right administration of the ordinances. Those and, are the two factors. And what what's that? What is the right administration look like? You know? Yeah. So I mean, Calvin was Presbyterian. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he said preach the gospel and write administration of the ordinances. And I think Luther said preach the word and write administration of the ordinances. So synonymous. Um, right. But yeah, um, Calvin being Presbyterian, I mean, he would he would view the right ordination of the or, or the right administration of the ordinances as baptizing infants. Mm-hmm. Which we, with more Baptist leanings, um, no, 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 <laughs> would say we, uh, we ain't baptizing yeah. no babies. <laughs> nope. We we would say after a credible profession of faith. Yeah. And and we were just our our little plant was just going through First Peter mm-hmm. and First uh, Peter three towards mm-hmm. the end of there it, it it talks about how um, Noah and his family mm-hmm. being saved from the flood mm-hmm. uh, being in the ark God says that that was a form of baptism mm-hmm. that you were saved through water through water yeah and it was a um a pledge of a good conscience mm-hmm. before god through mm-hmm. the resurrection of jesus christ mm-hmm. and we just pointed out in that study that baptism comes to pledge that you now have a good conscience before god yes and yeah. so we would just i mean this isn't an, an episode on baptism, <laughs> but we're talking about it. And yeah. you know yeah. how I try to be an ordinationist, yeah. <laughs> whatever, whatever that means, but I do love the ordinances. And yeah. so to say that, um, this is a sign that you have a good conscience before God, mm-hmm. I just don't think an infant can do that. Yeah. Right. And so, and so we would say the right ordination of the, or the right administration, I keep doing that right administration of the ordinances mm-hmm. is to baptize, um, people who have made a credible profession of faith. Mm-hmm and to administer the Lord's Supper to those who are um, faithfully walking. Mm-hmm. And so, at least with us as citizens, we'd say that you have uh, been baptized and you're um, a member. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if it's not at our church, it's at a, another church. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're a visitor. We're not going to withhold the ordinances from you just because you're visiting. But mm-hmm. we don't want to give you the ordinances if you're under church discipline, right. either at our church or at another church. Right. And so... The baptism being the front end, almost like the seat at the table, mm-hmm. and then the Lord's Supper being the continuation of the outward sign that I'm still walking with right. the Lord. Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, so so in these things, um, and, and to touch a little bit back on the discipleship, I, I think we skipped that, and that discipleship is something, again, with 1,500 different definitions, um, but a broad definition is you're, you are helping people to mature in their walk with Christ. Yeah. And they then in turn are helping others to mature in their walk with Christ. Yeah. Um, you know, personally, I don't, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this, Rob, but people, sometimes people use discipleship and they say, you know, you can disciple people who aren't saved. And, um, there's a little bit of an argument there. Like, can you disciple someone who's not a believer? Right. So we, we just call that evangelism. Yeah, exactly. Um, we, we kind of have a saying around uh, proclamation church, you can't disciple goats. <laughs> yeah, right, so yeah. until they're a believer, until they're a sheep, you can't disciple them. Yeah. Um, all the work before that, you can call it pre-discipleship. We just call it evangelism, is mm-hmm. what we call it. But that's the well, the main thrust to the church. I mean, that's the call. That's a great commission for us. So those three things should be happening. Um, they're not going to happen all at once. For instance, yeah. right, you guys are not observing the ordinances. Correct. Right. So you're just, you're not to that place yet. But you're you're seeking to be well informed on them. You're training in them so that when that occasion comes, you can rightly administer the the ordinances. Yeah. Or as you guys say, the sacraments. Yeah. No, um, we say ordinances. We're Baptists. <laughs> <laughs> I see you. 
I see you. Um, but yeah, th- those are three just very basic, very core things. Now, in that, should there be prayer? Absolutely. I mean, this you, you literally cannot pray enough as a church. Yeah. There should be relational uh, relationship building. You should be reaching your neighbors. You should, there be, should be love. highly intentional with uh, people around you. There should be loves, the loving one another. All those things should be happening. Yes. And though, but those things should be happening regardless. Yeah. Anywhere, right? That should be happening in your small group that should be happening in your vacation with your family all that stuff is continuous yeah that's a good point. so these three things we're kind of talking about and maybe there's more that we missed this probably is but these things have to be happening or coming into play rather quickly in a church to kind of get some good solid foundation um as you as you keep heading towards a healthy hopefully maturing uh church body yeah no that's those are good points and 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 we we were talking about Okay, so if we're talking about what does a healthy church plant mm-hmm. look like, then before we even get there, we need to get to what does a healthy church look like. And and we talked about what a healthy church plant looks like first, right. because that, that's just where you and I are. Right. Um, but what we're striving for is ultimately being a healthy church. And we're not going to yeah. reinvent the wheel here. There, mm-hmm. There's a ministry called Nine Marks, and they literally get their name because um, they kind of hit on I'm, these nine, nine marks. marks of a healthy church. So we'll just list those, yeah. but would encourage you to check out their website. And, and we'd say they're not exhaustive. Yeah, they're not. I mean, they're um, certainly not exhaustive. But, but they're, they're a great place to start. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that's a good, good word. But um, these nine are preaching, mm-hmm. biblical theology, so mm-hmm. that our, the theology of the church is built on the Bible. Yeah. The gospel, conversion, evangelism. Some kids out there? Go, va- uh, go evangelize them. I was going to say, because evangelize? <laughs> um, evangelism, membership, discipline, discipleship, and leadership. And, yeah. and one of the things that Rick and I were talking about beforehand is that we don't want our church plants to be um, churches that are eventually centered around a dynamic leader. Mm-hmm. One, I, I'm just not that guy anyway. <laughs> stop, Rob. You are so dynamic. Stop it. I like. I'm not that guy. The Lord did not make me to be that guy, and and I have fully embraced that. Rob's charisma is. Whew. Whew. Yeah. Let me tell you. That was good. Phenomenal. As that block of wood phenomenal. Over there. You heard of Dwayne the Rock Johnson? <laughs> He's got nothing <laughs> on Rob the Rock. Physically, <laughs> he has nothing. <laughs> Uh, but but we don't want to be a place that is centered around a leader, yeah, or even just a couple leaders. Mm-hmm. But we 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 want to be a place that is a leadership factory mm-hmm. that's just producing leaders, that's mm-hmm. giving people the opportunity and the tools and equipping them themselves to do yeah. the work of ministry. Mm-hmm. We're, we want to engage in that with them, but we do not want to be a show right. where people come on Sundays to experience a dynamic speaker, to experience a, an amazing music experience, to mm-hmm. whatever it is. Right. We want to be the saints gathered mm-hmm. and the saints equipped to do the work of ministry mm-hmm. that God has assigned for his people. And so one of the things that, that we're like really trying to push is, is we listed those nine things mm-hmm. that we're looking for. The last one they said was leadership. Mm-hmm. And it's really important as a church plant to be to keep at the front of your mind how can i be equipping leaders right now how can i hand over the reins in some Mm -hmm. ways Mm -hmm. to where it's not resting i mean one just for your own personal health Mm -hmm. for your family if you're a church planter with a family and for the sake of of it not being built on you i mean there are are churches where 
if the main guy, if something happened to him, mm-hmm. whether it's a ministry fall or whether um, he gets sick and has to step down or just ends up dying, mm-hmm. there are churches that would crumble. Yeah. Either yeah. because it's been set up that way or because people have just kind of built their loyalty to the church because they like this particular guy. Mm-hmm. And we just don't want to do that. We don't yeah. think that's healthy for individuals. We don't think that's healthy for discipleship. We don't think that's healthy for the church. Yeah, absolutely. There, you know, the pastor-centric model has been um, in the last fifty years. I mean, it's been the thing. You know, the charismatic guy, the person, real. You know, um, just he's, he's everyone goes there mostly because of his teaching or his personality or his whatever. And that's not a bad thing. You need to hopefully go to a place that there is, you know, good teaching. You enjoy teaching. Yeah. You enjoy your pastor. But if you go there simply because of that person, that and that should give you a great pause. And as leaders, dang, I have a million and a half failings, you know, a week. And so do the rest of the elders, right? Because mm. we're, we're, we're human. Like, we're going to fail. Yeah. And so if people are looking to us to be this magical potion in their spiritual walk, man, they're going to be, like, sorely disappointed, yeah. very immature, um, and really emaciated spiritually, right? It's just not going to, they're not going to grow. I also think that that's the, the opposite thing of what you see in Scripture, right? So we know, like, obviously Peter and the, the apostles and Paul, like, they were very unique people. These were the apostles. They walked with God. <laughs> so they have a unique ability to, to interact and to speak yeah. to those things. But most of the church, I mean, they're just raising up people who are faithful, who are qualified, um, qualified for eldership, qualified for, for deacons, just qualified to, to lead and serve. And as leaders, we need to be seeking to help people mature in that because what could happen is, as you said, like it all falls on you because you didn't raise anyone up or you're too much of a control freak that you don't want to let anything go yeah and you want to hold on to everything and that's not the bride that's not a body that's not a family mm-hmm. that's not how the church was designed to function um, it's difficult to raise up leaders it's difficult to be vulnerable and let things go or let other people maybe speak into your decisions or criticize but it's really really important uh to do that yeah and it's just i mean as people like you're just gonna fail yeah i mean you just simply are gonna fail so if you you know just the whole fanboy thing. If you're going for one person, it's hmm. it's gonna leave you very empty. And um, yeah, once they leave, you're leaving. Yeah, exactly. So, so, and, and I also want to caveat caveat what I said earlier about caviar. Yeah, I want to caviar what I said earlier. Um, if you are one of the main teaching like guys shame on you <laughs> no how dare you be charismatic how so, dare you be so i said earlier that we don't want yeah exactly and, exactly i, I don't want to make some, it sound like being an effective speaker is a bad thing like you should you should is. be good it's terrible <laughs> stop you should be good <laughs> at connecting the bible to the person listening in a way where they they're getting it yeah. and, and they're no, enjoying you what you're saying your job yeah but yeah. but your primary purpose is not to be an entertainer Right. Your primary purpose, purpose is not to be an event planner. Mm-hmm. You're you're a shepherd. Wait, what? <laughs> it's not. Yeah, you may you may have to do some event planning, especially as a planter. You may be the guy that needs to kind of set the stuff up for a little bit, but that is not your primary purpose as yeah. a, as a shepherd. You're to to lead the people in a faithful way to make them know and enjoy Christ in deeper and deeper ways. Mm-hmm. So yeah. okay, and so Rick, Rob, we we talk. Is there about, someone else you're going to talk to? 
Oh, me. Okay. Yeah, j- just you. Um, at this That's point. why you said my name. Okay. Yeah. So we talk about this, and, and we say, don't go too fast. Don't, I mean, don't work. Like, go at the Spirit's pace. And I would just add, Rob and I have a lot of experience planting churches, so... <laughs> Yeah, That's I'm, I'm about three months in, so... That's why we have a lot. I've, so I've already authority. reached out to Crossway, reached out to B&H, reached books, out to Nelson, got there. some books. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So, to the person yes. out there who's like, okay, I hear you guys, mm-hmm. but what's wrong with wanting to reach hundreds, thousands of people really quickly? Like, Nothing. I want to see I want to see those people come to faith. Nothing's wrong with it. Yeah. Is that, is that it? No, keep, keep going. No, that was, yeah, that was your question. Well, in light of what we said, it could almost come across that way. Well, it did come across that way. No, I, I would. No, I so would. Here, okay, so here's the thing. Somebody Rob, says to Rob's you, Rob's begging the question. I'm begging the question. Bang it. At uh, this point, I am begging it. <laughs> Literally, Rick, answer the question. <laughs> no, so there is nothing wrong. There's absolutely, like, it's amazing. Like, we, yeah. I'm glad you have that heart. I do too. All Christians should have that heart. We want to see people come. Yes. But nine, uh, maybe not nine times out of ten, a majority of the time when someone says that, what they're trying to do is they're trying to um, make an excuse for unhealthy portions of their church so that they can justify what they're doing to get people in their building yeah. for an hour or an hour and a half, hour and a half a week. Right. So the way this plays out is, man, we, we put a lot of money, energy, and resources into our services, and they're awesome. I mean, phenomenal worship music. Great, solid teaching, hopefully, or at least entertaining teaching, you know, very dynamic, all those things. It's comfortable, it's easy, your kids are taken care of, all those things are met. And because we do that, we're going to get a lot more people in, and they're going to hear our message, and we're going to reach them. And so the rationale there is like, okay, that's a good point. Like, you can get a whole lot more people inside your building to hear what you have to say. The problem is, once they're there, there's not a whole lot to keep them there, right? So you get out, you get a thousand people in your building. They're there, great. Um, now there will be the people who who need to stick around. Now I'm not dogging churches of a thousand. I'm just saying, you'll get people in the building based on, and you'll keep them based on what you got them there with, right? Yeah. So you will keep people based on what you, how you attracted them. So if you attracted them via entertainment, a dynamic preacher, an amazing kids ministry, fill in the blank right? Carnival at the park, whatever it is. You're going to keep them with that. Yeah. What you win them with is what you win them to. I knew there's, I knew there's a quote. I just couldn't get to it. That's it. There it is. Say it again. What you win them with right. is what you win them to. If you win them with entertainment, yeah, then they're going to say, okay, I go here because of the entertainment. Right. If another church does entertainment better, mm-hmm. they're gone. Right. If, if they do it, if, if I go here because Kids ministry is amazing. Right. If another church has a better kids ministry, that's mm-hmm. their thing. If what you win them with is what you win them to. There you go. Yeah. So that's that's a, the thing is a lot of people will justify not really focusing on on rich gospel center teaching, not focusing on, on intentional discipleship making, not focus on the right administration, of the ordinances, not focusing on, on leadership development. Those other nine marks um, because they're focused on getting people in the door. Yeah. Now. Are the are they there just like are they are their intentions all wrong? No, they're not all wrong, but I think in, over time, over the long haul, it's just not as healthy or sustaining. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, ultimately, Jesus is. It's exciting. Yeah, if you can you, get a thousand people in, that's cool. I mean, man, that would be. I would love that right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> but uh, 
I mean, ultimately, Jesus' final command was to go and make disciples, not mm-hmm. to make converts, which, right. which sounds like we're anti-evangelism. That, that's not at all what we're trying to get across. Um, but his final call was to make disciples. Right. right. And so, I, I mean, there's, there's a, a local church, really large church. I'm not going to say the name, and I'm not even going to say what their, their um, vision or their mission statement is. What did you say their website was? <laughs> yeah. Um, but based off their mission statement, it is entirely based on converts. Yeah. And, and like, why would we be against that? Well, because we were called to make disciples. Like mm-hmm. if somebody is converted, mm-hmm. then you have an obligation. You have a, a calling to disciple mm-hmm. them. Right. And if you are only focusing, only focusing on how mm-hmm. to get more people to say, I am a Christian, mm-hmm. then what you may end up doing is trying to make the bar really low. Right. And make it as easy as possible to get into the door. Yeah. And then you can say more and more people have... Mm-hmm made a decision for Jesus, right. you can report more numbers, more mm-hmm. people can get baptized, right. whether it's a legitimate baptism or not, and um, it looks, quote-unquote, successful, Right. but you may not be making disciples. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so we, we emphasize discipleship because that, that's yeah. what Jesus emphasized. Yeah, and, and it's difficult because, you know, um, church is difficult, life is difficult, our walk with Jesus is difficult, so some people are, you're just uh, it's hard to be more dogmatic about it. It's yeah. hard to be more particular about it. It's it is easier to say, yeah, you know, we believe in the Bible. We love Jesus. Jesus is the way of salvation. Come, you know, be part of our family. Like listen to the music and and, and hear the great teaching and you know experience Enjoy some great that. food yeah. in your case and and right and and like that's those are all good things. Yeah, but there's a few key things that have to be there for for deep growth and maturity to happen. Um, and just to, to go back to what I said before, it, it, it usually is slow work. Yeah. It doesn't mean a church of a thousand couldn't pop up, but you're not going to get um, a lot of immature believers to be maturing and, and just overnight. Yeah. By the way, if you can hear that, that is the ice cream truck. I hear an ice cream truck. We still Getting have an ice cream truck around this town. Um, my favorite thing about it is it always goes drives real slow and it's like a rickety old van around town at night. And it's so creepy. And it's called the Joy Wagon. <laughs> the the Joy Wagon, in case you missed that. Oh, man. So, anyway. going to be a listener of the podcast. Yeah. I hope so. <laughs> They'll be, like, thinking forever, like, where at in this town. Yeah, right. Are those guys at? Right. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. so, so uh, we could belabor all this, but the, the point is, whether you're... Uh, a part of a church plant. You're part of a maturing church. You are a leader in a church. I just want to encourage you as an individual and then to encourage the church to be striving for health. Yeah. Um, just like your own personal health physically. Like that's important and that doesn't change overnight. Yeah. You know, you don't become um, fit or in shape or in a good physical condition overnight. You know, that takes months yeah. and years. Great point. And discipline and sacrifice like again and again and again and again and again yeah to be uh, healthy yeah and and yeah just to, to summarize summarize we don't want to pursue um, the wrong things immediacy mm-hmm. isn't intrinsically a bad thing if the Lord allows a church plant right. to I mean there's a there's a plant that I know of in Texas where they were planted and within months they had mm-hmm. four or five hundred people mm-hmm and the guy's super theologically rich. I mean, they're not trying. They're not trying to 
uh, just build up a, a place where more and right. more people can flock. It's just the Lord has blessed that in that particular way. And so it's not that immediacy is a bad thing, but to pursue it right. above the the pace of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. to put an arbitrary pressure on yourself, whether mm-hmm. you're the lead planter, and this is me preaching to myself, Push yourself. or if you're a part of it, um, but man, the, the end game is not how quickly this thing can, can be built up. Right. We want to be a place that first and foremost glorifies God. Mm-hmm. But the way that we glorify God is by focusing in on those things that we mentioned earlier, those those three things of uh, gospel centrality, discipleship, and the right and the right administration of the ordinances, and then pursuing those nine marks of a healthy church. Those are great things as well. And those, yeah. for sure, as you said earlier, just mm-hmm. reiterating, those are not all-encompassing. Mm-hmm. They're just some helpful things to be pursuing and to be a people who are living out the fruit of the Spirit. I mean, we, those things that constitute health. Yeah. It's going to take time. It is. It's not going to happen. Yeah. Be patient. Overnight. And in the midst of maturity, you should still be functioning with the fruits of the Spirit. You should still be loving each other well. The thing about the church, it's like marriage. It's like family. It's designed to rub you the wrong way. It's mm-hmm. designed to chip away at your little petty things. Yeah. It's designed to like get under your skin and kind of aggravate you. Like, I mean, it's designed for that because that forces you to then put your brother or sister before yourself to love them, um, to love them as Christ loved them. And so if you find yourself in a comfortable, man, nothing really bothers me here. Nothing, there's nothing that, like, I'm, it's perfect. I don't have any issues. No one, and it's been that way for 10 years. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying leave the church at all. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, man, have you disconnected? Are, are you not living in community with the church? Like, what's going on? Because yeah. just like no one goes 10 years in a marriage and doesn't have any problems. Yeah, right. <laughs> they right. do if they do not live together and never see each other. Uh-huh. And then it's just a wreck of a marriage. Um, but yeah, that, it's just, it, church is good. It's it's God's gift. We need to love the bride of Christ. We need to pursue a relationship and pour into it. But know it's going to be difficult. Know it's going to be hard. And take great pleasure in that. Yeah, you're walking with broken people who are mm-hmm. in the sanctification process with you. So there you go. It's not going to be church, all sunshine and rainbows. Church is full of hypocrites. The church will always, until Christ comes, will always be full of hypocrites because yeah. we are people who are aspiring to be holy. And until Christ comes back or we die, we're not. Hmm. Yeah. So that's just the reality. It's a good word. Well, guys, today's episode, um, as we've said before, and we'll say again, is brought, brought to you, you by, by the Joy Wagon. Stop it. <laughs> the Christian Standard Bible, um, our, our translation of choice here at Simple Theology. Um, we, we love the CSB. Mm. And Come we, on. we love it because we care about theology. And we want to make sure that whatever translation we're reading is theologically accurate, and it's not using words that are simply there to um, bring the language of the Bible down. Mm-hmm but it brings us into a better understanding mm-hmm. of what the Bible is saying. Yeah. And we we love well, other translations I, as I well. We're not CSB yeah. only, folks, but, but the CSB does a phenomenal job of staying theologically accurate while also um, mm-hmm. being very readable. Mm-hmm. You were going to say something, Rick. Uh, Paul used the CSB. So. The Apostle Paul? Yeah. Yeah, I so. had a feeling. Um, <laughs> I knew he, he was a CSB guy. He I knew was. It. I mean, let's... no, but w- Rob said we care about theology, and we we a hundred percent do. We care about your personal devotion to the Lord, your your maturity as a and you growing as a disciple, right? And that has to do with you being in the Word, um, the Word being in you, you know, growing, mm-hmm. saturating, meditating on it day and night. And the beauty of the CSB is that it does that in a way that 
it's it's consumable. It's not um, you're not breaking a sweat trying to figure out what the sentence says. Yeah, you're, it's easy to read, but at the same time, it's not um, whitewashing anything. Yeah. It's not watering down uh, the original text. It's not watering down the message of the passage or the context. So it's just this beautiful marriage of the rigidity of the original message and then the readability as an English speaker. Yeah. And it just can feed your, your devotion life. Yeah, totally agree. It's what it's done for me. We love it. Mm-hmm. Um, pick up a copy. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can head over to our website, simpletheology.org. Mm-hmm. You can reach us on Facebook, facebook.com slash simpletheology. We're on Instagram at simpletheologypod. You can reach us on any social media platform by using hashtag simpletheologypod. Any social media platform? I know. I said any with some emphasis and really just the big three, mm. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Okay. We're really not engaged in any of the other ones. Do we have a TikTok? We do not. Do we have a Pinterest? No. We have a... Snapchat? No. Oh, are there, there's other ones, I'm there sure. Are, I'm sure there are other ones. I'm not, I'm not young mm-hmm. enough for that. And I'm a Those, pretty young guy, yeah. so... You are. The world's <laughs> changed pretty quickly. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can also shoot us a, a call at 614-233-1098, and you can leave us a voicemail there. If you want to give us some words of encouragement, or if you have a topic that you'd like to suggest, you can do that. Or you can also email us at info at simpletheology.com. Org. What was that phone number again? 614-233-1098. There you go. Call us, leave us a message. We've said this before, we'll say it again. Legitimately, some of our favorite episodes are when people send in requests or questions, and we can just kind of work through that with them. Yep. Yep. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks. All right. Peace. Peace out.